The views and opinions expressed on My Story Living with Lupus podcast are each individual's experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having.
thank you for joining me for another episode of Inspirational, Motivational, and Real Talk Tuesday with Pastor Ken Simmons of Tent of Meeting Holiness Ministries located in Maryville, Indiana. We're here with Pastor Ken Simmons. Thank you for joining us today, Pastor Simmons. No problem, Susan. And the mic is yours. How is everybody doing today? We are um, especially glad to be here knowing that we could go at any time, but God watches over us all the time. He keeps us. We have endurance. We are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So we should not have any fear within us about anything that is worldly. A lot of times we have issues with, with uh, things of the world the people of the world, um, and our feelings get caught up in it. But we are told by God to be steadfast and immovable, and he's always in our corner. So long as we have God with us, there's nothing that can fight against us. All weapons formed against us cannot prosper. And we have to know this wholeheartedly and know the reason why we are here. We are here to praise God. We are here because of the mercy of God. We are not here because of the things of the world. We are not here because of certain people in the world. And once you free yourself from the world and the things of the world, and you put yourself in Jesus Christ, you are free indeed. Amen. 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 And, you know, and these are the things that um, I teach at, at my church. And, and we have to, I, I believe wholeheartedly in teaching because you can get anybody to preach to you, but to actually learn what that preacher is talking about is a whole different thing, and, and, and it opens up everything that you need to know about God, because now, if that pastor is not around, now you, you learn how to find God for yourself. And that's a very important thing when you feel alone. We feel alone because we don't know that we can go to God ourselves. We are never alone. But we feel alone all the time because we don't think that nobody's listening. Nobody hears us, but God always hears us. But we have to know that he is there and on our side fighting with us. 
in all the things that in any obstacles that we have in our lives. God is always with us. Pastor, if yes, I may interject. Yes. How can you get someone to really, really believe what you're saying? If they're down to their last hope, what would you um, what would you tell someone? You know, just yesterday. A lady asked me in church, she asked me if she was going through some things and and she was like, how did you get through these things and how do you fight these feelings? And we have to realize that prayer works. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33 and 3, it says, call, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known all of these things um we i was talking to a pastor today and we was talking about the holy spirit and and the holy spirit teaches all things and we don't realize when we read that scripture and and it says that it teaches us all things how all things come into play and that is like everything there's nothing that the holy spirit cannot teach you show you give you, help you with. But we have to allow ourselves to be helped by the Holy Spirit. We have to pray. And we have to wholeheartedly believe in the prayer that we pray. A lot of people pray things and then still make a contingency plan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But the, but the faith, your faith has to be stronger than that. And you are only going to be as strong as your faith is. So if you got a weak faith, you're going to be a weak person. If you have a strong faith, it's going to it's going to show. Now I'm going to ask you one more question. I see a lot of people that will talk the talk uh -huh. rather than the way I was brought up and the way that I see the world you know if I'm going to talk the talk I'm going to walk the walk also but you yeah. have a lot of people that are sit up and talk the talk <laughs> what, this is true what and I don't want to sound facetious or or out the pocket. I respect you and I'm trying to keep it all at one level. But if okay. if if you're going to talk the talk and not walk the walk, it's nothing that you can say to me. That's how I've been all my life. Until I see different in what you're doing. I see a lot of fake so-called Christians out here that that will talk the talk and that takes a lot of people back and say that's why I don't go to church today. Right. 
So what would you tell a person like that? And see, that that is the reason why I preach the way I do is because I've been there, you know, uh, I've been homeless. I've been through a bad divorce, but, and, and we talked last time about my first book when I was homeless. I mean, I was in a, I used to live in an abandoned house and, um, no lights, no nothing in the middle of the winter. And, um, all I had was a blanket and an old couch and I was sleeping on it. And, um, I was, I had a little job that I would go to. It wasn't making enough money to do anything, but it was something, you know, and I praise God for it. My first book was written because of what I went through during that time. Um, and the thing is, I use scripture to help me get out of my, uh, out of what I was going through. And I never, you know, I never, especially in this church, I, I never put on people. I never t- tell you to do something that I ain't never did myself. Mm-hmm. And, 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 um, and I know, I, I know how serious a struggle can be because I've been there. I was down and out. I, I'm working in the church, homeless. The church didn't even know I was homeless. And this was before I got my own church. I was at this other church. And um, I didn't tell nobody. I didn't soak in it. I stayed where I had to be. I made the best of what I had to make it. And I prayed. I prayed. I had lost my, I had lost uh, uh, my wife. I had lost my job. I had lost my house, my car. Everything was gone. And, and, and I had to. And, and I had family members that wouldn't help me out. I was I was literally by myself. And there was none but me and the Lord. But the thing was, I was reading Psalms. And, and Psalms helped me get through a lot of things. Because I saw in Psalms, and this is what I did too. The more that was happening to David during the time when he was going through, the tighter he held on to God. The more I was going through and the things was happening to me, I was holding on to God. I tell people all the time, I was holding his hand at first. By the time it was over, I was gripping his leg. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just because I realized no matter how bad it gets, I can never let God go. I can never let him go. And he never let me go. And to this day, now I have my own church. I have my own house, my own car, and a new wife. So, I mean, but it, it, you, your faith has to be strong enough to go through those things and, and see those things. And the Bible tells us when you see somebody going through, don't forget that you used to go through too. Whatever they going through and they acting up and you see the way they acting, don't don't talk down to them because you used to be them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we really can't uh do that to people and, and, and I and I embrace people that's going through because um like even now my wife she works at a her job is um she works with elderly people in their home and she helps them uh help those 
those elderly people that can't do for themselves. That's what she does. And when she comes home, we, we do foster care too, because we take care of kids here. So we, we do a lot of work with helping kids, helping elderly people. Um, we, we work with people because we understand where we came from mm-hmm. and, we, and we try to help people get where they need to be. You know, I look at it as a process of God tearing you down to build you back up to where wow. he wants you to be. Right. And a lot of the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, and a lot of the things that I had accumulated in my uh, first part of my life was all through arrogance, all through my own means, you know, and not giving God glory or praise or any thank you for nothing, you know. And when you don't do that, God will strip you of all that stuff. He sure will. He sure <laughs> and, will. And, and like I said, I'm a living testimony of being stripped of all that stuff, going to God and getting it back the right way. And now I, I appreciate everything that God did. So, um, you know, and I love how you said, and see, and, and I listen to your podcast, especially when you talk about these doctors, because you, you, you really don't you you want them to know that you're not the new kid on the block you've been around the block mm-hmm. you know this and I, and I need you to be right here with me mm-hmm. with this or mm-hmm. I'm gonna leave <laughs> it's just that simple and and if we had more people in church like that then the churches wouldn't be as bad as they are that's true now now I was brought up and I told you before, um, parents were Southern Baptists. And, you know, we would go to church two and three times in one day. You know, they made sure that our roots were established in the church. And I remember going to service one Sunday And I was sitting next to my mother, and um, my father was the deacon, and plus my father is a PK son. And I started swarming around in my seat, and the doors of the church was open. Okay. And um, I seen my mother look at me. Um, It was a struggle between good and evil. That's the way it I think of it now. Didn't make a move. But that next Sunday, I couldn't hold it back. I had to get up at at a young age and join the church. And um, the pastor at the time was good friends of the family. And when I got up there... He said, baby, I thought I had you last Sunday. And I'm just crying and I'm just crying. And um, after church service, my mother told me, she said, I knew it was time for you to turn your life over. She said, I wasn't going to make you. But she said, I knew it was time. And and it was time at that young of a 
of age as I was, it was time for me to give my life over to Christ, in which I did. I was baptized and everything. But when you spoke upon um, how you can get things without blessing or thanking God for it, I was that type of person, you know, I was making, and I'm not bragging or anything. I was making $100,000 a year at the age before 30, you know, living in a $300,000 home. I'm not bragging. I don't want my listeners to think I'm bragging or anything Um, that I purchased for myself. And... um just like I got it, he could take it because I, I went through a divorce and I'm being truthful. I went through a divorce and um, my ex-husband wanted me to pay him alimony. And I wow. said, oh, no, that that is not going to happen. I work for it. I wrecked my brain for it. I um, seen my parents' bills in their relationship, and I wanted the same thing that my parents had. But when it came time for that divorce, it was a nasty divorce, and um, I got shunned from... The so-called Christians that stated that I was wrong for divorcing. And in my mind, if you're unevenly yoked, I can pray to God. If this is the way I should go, you direct me. And he directed me in that manner, to divorce. Okay. But you may not can answer this, but why is it that people shun those who divorce um, in the church? You know, you go through your divorce, but you're in the church, and then... Why is it, and I see this happen so many times, why is it that so many people now are, oh, God, send me the right man? If God is going to send you the right man, then this is, in my opinion only, what are you going to bring to that table? Are you evenly yoked? You just can't expect. Even though the Bible says that the man is the head. But uh, what can you bring? If you're praying to this for, from God, what are you capable of bringing to the table besides yourself? <laughs> right. Uh, and, you know, even when you think about Adam and Eve, First of all, God placed Eve in the garden with Adam. 
He never told Adam he had to marry her. And he never told Eve she had to marry him. But when they decided to do that, Eve was with him and he was already working in the garden. <laughs> so, you know, like you saying about a man, what do, what do you have to bring to the table? And Adam's, even from a biblical standpoint, Adam was working. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, for him to take Eve, Eve had a reason to be taken. Because she had somebody that was working already. He had a job. And, and, and we have to know that, you know, you, we asked God to send us these people. And, and it goes both ways, too. When you, as a man, ask for a woman, and you, as a woman, ask for a man from God, either one of y'all, what are y'all bringing to the table that's going to make this thing relevant? Besides yourself. And we have to understand each other as man and wife. Like, we grow up loving. But we grow up loving a different way. So, I grow up with my people and I learn how to love. She grows up with her people and she learns how to love. What happens in marriages is that those two people get together but their love that he had and the love that she had is two different loves because they grew up in two different households. But now you have to find a love that coincides with both of you. And 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 this is what does not happen. Um, and then we so quick to say, well, he doesn't love me or she doesn't love me. And, and it's quite the opposite. He loved you. He just loved you the way he learned how to love. She learned, she loved you the way she learned how to love. You just didn't like the way she loved. But this is why this stuff needs to be ironed out before you get married. I went through the same thing. You know, and like you said, it's ugly divorces. And, and, but, you know, people destroy marriages. And, and God doesn't. God ordains marriage, but he doesn't destroy them. We do that. Mm-hmm. And, and we, you know, we always say, and like you were saying, I want the right person. God ordains it, and God don't ordain mess. Mm-hmm. But we we mess that up. Mm-hmm. God is a perfect God, so when God ordains it, we forget to put God in it. Mm-hmm. And being equally yoked, I have learned. That even though you are both in Christ, you can still be unequally yoked. Yes. (laughs) So don't think because they are Christian and you are Christian, it's just going to be Christian working. I mean, it's still a work in progress to do that together with God. That, That has to, when you leave God out, it's going to fall. You can be praying when you marry. You're praying for your spouse. And you're praying to God, but if you're praying without your spouse, it's going to fall. Mm-hmm. If she's praying without you as a man, and, and she's a godly person doing all her godly duties and everything, but she's leaving you out, it's going to fall. Mm-hmm. Y'all have to, because marriage becomes one, and you have to pray to God together, or it, or it ain't going to work. 
and we have to realize that as people that we tear up these marriages and and um once we get that and 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 and, and uh, women stop looking for these bad boys and these men stop looking for these women that y'all know ain't marriage material <laughs> <laughs> we, we got we gotta stop doing that we gotta stop thinking with our hearts and start, and start and start getting together for the reasons of God. Mm. Is this person, like you said, what are they bringing to the table? And when and, and what they're bringing to the table does it coincide with the life that you live in? Because mm-hmm. you can be rich, you can be married to a rich person or getting married to a rich person. But if you're in Christ and they are not, it's still not going to work. Mm-hmm. You're going to have issues. So if they bring into the table, whatever they bring into the table, it needs to coincide with what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And before I, well, we go, what word of encouragement would you give to all of my brothers and sisters out there today who may not be feeling their best, who are worried about tomorrow, who who are worried about the next second, what it's going to bring. What word of encouragement would you give? The word that I would say for them Prayer works. Um, I'm a big, avid believer in, in prayer. And um, if you're going through and you having issues and you're worried about your day-to-day, talk to God about it. Ask God to fill your heart with, with joy and gladness and take away all of that worry and strife. You have to talk to God and have this relationship with the Lord because this relationship that you have with the Lord is going to set up things around you. See, a lot of people, we, we, we always want God to change everything around us and make it for the better. But when God does that, he can't do that without changing you too. Amen. So it, it, you have to change too. God can't change everything around you and you stay the same. If you stay the same, everything is going to, around you has changed. It's going to end up back like it started because you're the problem now. So always go to God. Take it to God. Talk to God. Develop that relationship with God and get rooted and planted in his word. And you watch things change in your life. And let me say this, because while you were talking, this came to mind. If you're going to be in, all in with God, you cannot straddle the fence. You have to be all in. If you're going to be in the world, be in the world. But if you're going to be for God, be for God. Yeah. Amen. I was um, talking about this yesterday in church and how people, you know, we was talking about this straddling the fence thing. And, and God is a God that deals in absolute. 
So because he's a God of gods that deals in absolute, there is no straddle. You either are with God or you are not. And and if you feel like you're straddling the fence, that means you are not with mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we need to make sure that we are with God and, and, and don't. And like she said, uh, like Susan said, you have to be all in because God don't like lukewarm people. He tell you that in Revelation. He don't like lukewarm people, people that's hot and cold at the same time. He said he'd rather you be cold. So then he know what to work with with you. But if you know better and you just doing whatever, he, he doesn't like that. So either be all in. Just get all in. <laughs> yeah. And people people think that it's an easy walk. No, it is not easy because that's when you have the attack of the enemy that comes right. on you even more. So this walk is not easy. Do I mind being alone? No, I don't. Because I'd rather be alone than to have people around me that means me no good. So no, this walk is not easy, but the choice is yours today. You can either get off of that fence, and the best way I can put it is the way my father used to tell us. You have two roads to travel. Now it's up to you which one you take because sooner or later you will be calling on his name before you leave this face of this earth. Amen. Amen. I really appreciate you being on today and I look forward to the next time you're on with us. Oh yeah. I I love you guys. I appreciate you, Susan. Thank you, and hope to hear from you soon on the next date that you will have available to be on. Okay, no problem. No problem. Okay, thank you, Pastor Simmons. All right, stay faithful and God bless. Same to you. give thanks in all things and look to the Lord for my daily needs. Yet I've been through some devastating experiences over the past year. How can I be thankful and trust God at a time like this? Well, you know, God hasn't promised us a rose garden. Not in this present world, anyhow. That misguided idea has no place in the message of the gospel. When life seems full of pain, we need to remember what Paul said in Timothy about enduring hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
we should also bear in mind a couple of very broad principles that are fundamental in the biblical world view. First, we must never forget that we live in a fallen world. If things go wrong and trials beset us, this isn't a reflection on the power and genuineness of God's love. Nor does it necessarily imply that we have sinned against Him or displeased Him. It simply means that the world isn't what it's supposed to be. Genesis 3 tells the story of mankind's fall from grace. This fall marred the original design of God's creation in many ways. It separated us from our Creator and our true nature. It caused us to rebel against Him and engage in denial and self-deception. It affected our physical bodies, bringing sickness and death into the world. It threw a wrench into our relationships with one another. It introduced pain and suffering into our lives. Because of this, the world in which we live today is not the world as God intended it to be. It is, in a very real sense, a defective and abnormal world. You know, the good news is that the Lord is not content to leave us there. This is the second thing we need to bear in mind. Our Father in Heaven has a plan to fix the brokenness of the world and heal the pain in our personal lives. He loved us enough to send Jesus Christ, His only Son, to reverse the effects of the fall. Christ has come to reconcile us to God, to each other, and to our true human nature. Of course, the Bible never gives us any reason to suppose that these changes are going to take place overnight. On the contrary, it states very clearly that while we live in the flesh, we can expect to experience groaning within ourselves as we look forward to the final redemption of our bodies. Ultimately, a day is coming when there will be no more sickness, pain, or death. And when he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Meanwhile, there's nothing wrong with being honest about our pain and frustration. The men and the women of the Bible understood this. David poured out his heart to God in Psalms. Job expressed deep anguish 
in the midst of incredible grief and suffering. Hannah complained loudly about her childlessness. If you're hurting, the Lord doesn't expect you to cover it up with a plastic smile. Tell him. Tell him what you're really thinking and feeling. He has promised never to leave you or forsake you. He hears your prayers, even in the dark times when he seems absent and silent. I'm the type of individual, like I said, I'm going to talk the talk, I'm going to walk the walk. And believe me when I tell you this, I go to God all the time. I think sometimes I even get on his nerves by talking to him so much. And he has to say, oh Lord, this one is a chatty Cathy. Every time you turn around, she's talking to me. There's nothing wrong. I'd rather tell him than to tell someone else. And your business goes from that person, from that person to another person, from that person to another and to another and to another. And by the time your story is told, it has so many elements in it that's not even yours. So you have to tell your story. And if you're going to talk the talk, walk the walk. I would like to thank Pastor Ken Simmons from Tent of Meeting Holiness Ministries, located at 6953 Fillmore Drive, Maryville, Indiana. You can go and follow him on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me on this Tuesday, inspirational, motivational, and also real Tuesday. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you Friday for another episode of My Story, Living with Lupus. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks. And I'll see you next time.